Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer. Today, we're talking about homeopathy for scarring. I have to say that when people ask me about scars, I mean, I always recommend two particular remedies, and we'll talk about them when we get to them, but it was really interesting because obviously there's more than just two remedies that are really good for scarring. And like always, when we talk about any form of healing in homeopathy, it's always good to look at the whole person. One of the things about scarring is that some people have more of a predisposition to developing scars than other people. So again, if someone has a big scar or they have that disposition to scarring, it's really good to have a, an appointment with a homeopath so you can get a constitutional that can help bring balance so that that scarring doesn't necessarily take place like it would had you not had the particular remedy. So with that said, we're just gonna go in, we're gonna talk about acute scarring, and then obviously you're gonna see some remedies here that have more of a disposition to scarring, so it's very constitutional for persons possibly who develop scars. And um, so it's, it's kind of a broad look at the remedies of scarring and uh, <laughs> I, uh, like I said, it was a bigger subject than I thought it was going to be. So I was kind of excited to learn some new things myself. I never really thought of some of these remedies for scars, you know, um, as far as like there's acute scarring and then there's constitutional, there's um, stretch marks. Those are even scars. So we're going to touch on that as well. Some persons go through their hormonal change in their teen years and they have some acne or some some pimples, and they never scar. They don't blemish at all. Other people scar or blemish terribly. So like I said, we'll touch on some of those remedies here as well. All right. So a lot of people don't really know what to look for when in the Materia Medica or the repertory when they're looking for uh, homeopathy to help heal scars. So what it's really, it's really, it's a, it's a word in the Materia Medica and it's called cicatrices. And it's spelled C-I-C-A-T-R-I-C-E-S. And again, like I said, it's cicatrices. And so for all of our members, go ahead and go ahead and print off this printable. It's actually quite long. And it, it got long because I wanted to actually go over some of the specifics about each remedy and the way that the skin would look or some of the causations that would cause a person to have symptoms that remedy might be needed for. So we've kind of gone over that and I did pull out quite a few remedies to discuss as well. Because when it comes to like the rubric or the symptom of scarring, I, I just pulled the rubric skin cicatrices, in other words, skin scarring. And with that rubric, there are 136 remedies listed for skin scars or cicatrices. So with that, I went through and I pulled a few more rubrics of some important 
symptoms or some important rubrics that could cause some scarring. I have skin, cicatrices, amputation after. So we have scarring when ulcerating after amputation. And there's two remedies listed there, calfos and silica. We have after the sting of insects, thuya. We have scarring near the joints of bones, fluoric acid. So like I said, I pulled some of these important rubrics here. And if you had the printable, you could follow along here. But since you can't, I'm going to try to explain this as well as I can as I'm going through. So with that larger rubric of just simply skin scars, I highlighted some of the more popular remedies. And of that 130, 136, asafida, badiaga, calfas, carcinosin, causticum, crocus and crotalus horridus, fluoric acid, graphite, hypericum, iodum, all the calis, like the potassium, the calibic, all the way through to calicil, lachesis or lachesis, ledum, magpole arctis, nitric acid, phosphorus, radium, bromatum, sepia, silica, sulfuric acid, and thuya. As we go down, we have a scarring becomes black, and there's asafida, graphites, and merc core listed there. When the scarring bleeds, there's several remedies listed here, bothrops, Crotalus horridus, lachesis, meg, arct, phosphorus, and sepia. When the scarring turns blue, there's remedies listed here. Antimonium crudum, asafida, badiaga, synchris, drosera, ferrum, lachesis, rustox, sepia, sulfuric acid, and thuya. When the scars break open, there's another whole crop of remedies here. And this is one of, this is actually a pretty big rubric. Asafida, borax, Bothrops, calcarb, or calfas, um, carboveg, causticum, crocus, crotalus, haridus, fluoric acid, graphites, iodum, lachesis, megarctgen, phosphorus, nitric acid, silica. So you kind of start to hear, see this, the repeat of the same use of these remedies for different scarring issues. We have here we have scarring elevated. Badiaga, if they become gangrenous, that's you're looking at a couple of different bothrops and lachesis. If the scar itches, then we're looking at more remedies like fluoric acid and graphites again, iodum and ledum. If it's like a, what they call a keloid, and a keloid is when it becomes really thick, like almost like a rope you can lay in across the skin. It's for whatever reason, sometimes the scar can take on that rope-like appearance, and that's known as a keloid. Or they can also be, you know, it's like small round balls that grow on the skin, like a wrestler sometimes, and they constantly hitting and hurting their ears. Uh, keloids can grow on the ears. They, they, it's a scar, but it's a thick, distorted scar. And there's a number of remedies here, just to name a few. We have badiaga again, carcinosin, fluoric acid, radium bromatum, silica, Thuya, sulfuric acid, hypericum. So those are some samples of some of the different scars or remedies that you can use for scars. So when the skin is injured, what happens is the fibrous tissue called a scar tissue forms over the wound to repair and protect the injury. In some cases, extra scar tissue grows forming smooth, hard growths called keloids. So those are the ones that can look actually like a rope or a thickened area. 
keloids can be much larger than the original wound. Um, they're most commonly found on the chest, shoulders, earlobes, and cheeks. However, keloids can affect any part of the body because just the definition of a scar itself is the formation of new connective tissue over a healing sore or wound. And ideally, when that wound heals, it's going to just stay smooth and as elasticy as as the rest of the skin around it. But unfortunately, that doesn't always happen, especially when a person has surgery. It's nice if the skin stays nice and flexible, but sometimes it doesn't. I know even like if a person has a, a woman has a C-section, what happens then is, you know, nowadays they used to do an up and down cut um, lengthwise on the body. Now they do what they call a smile cut. It's really low in the bikini area, just above the pubic bone. But regardless of where the scar is, if they have to, if there's another C-section or if a person has to have a repeated operation, what they have to do is because scar tissue becomes thick and fibrous like that, they have to go in there and they have to cut on both sides of that scar, literally take out the excess scar tissue and literally throw it away. And then when they close that wound again, then they stitch the, the two new sides of skin together so that there can be good healing again. So after many, many C-sections or many, many surgeries in the same area, you're going to have all new skin every single time that they stitch together. And the older a person gets, the more likely that scar is to become thick or fibrous and not as supple or elasticy as it was maybe when they were younger. Because as we age, our even our skin has loses the ability to heal really smooth and nice. Okay, so moving on, we're going to talk about some of the some more rubrics or some more things that we can pull and different things. This is how specific you can get when you're looking for remedies to heal a particular scar or to soften it or to help it look better or appear smoother. So with those keloids, the two remedies, and these are the two remedies I always tell people to use if they have trouble with scarring. Um, and this can even be internal. I've had persons who have had surgeries and then the scar tissue forms so thickly on the inside that they end up with a blockage on the inside in their organ areas. And so these are really good remedies to think about and you can even bring them in and use them um, if there's a question or a worry that this person will develop that thick scarring that will inhibit possibly intestinal movement or other things going on inside the organs. And um, those two remedies are for thick scarring or for surgical scars. And those are graphites and silica, either or of those two remedies. But I will tell you, I, you know all how I like to do intercurrent remedy use. And I always tell anyone, anytime you have something that we want to get rid of, always, always, always use silica. Okay. So I like to use silica in the healing you know, for healing purposes in a 6C potency. And that was according to Dr. Luke DeShepper, fantastic homeopath back in his day. I think he's since retired now, but he always said 6C for silica for that, that healing, getting things out of the body that we don't necessarily want there while healing. And then of course, graphites, I like to use in a 30C or lower down to a three or 6C even, um, depending on our vitality, of course. But 30C is a fantastic healing potency. And it really does. Those two remedies given an alteration. What I've what I do for people who have a thickened scar or something that they want to soften 
and get rid of that keloid. What I do is I tell them to take graphite, silica, two doses of each a day for three days, then drop down to one dose of each a day for another week. And then from then on, just rotate them. The graphite's one day, silica the next day. Graphite's the next day, silica the next day. And do that until, literally until that scar is soft and you see no more improvement. It is amazing how well the body will get rid of that hard, mean scar. Okay, if you have a shiny scar, silica will help to get rid of that shininess. And then, of course, I'm just going to go through and I'm going to name some of the rubrics that I pulled just so you can become more familiar with some of the ways we can look at how do you pull a rubric? How do you know what to look at? And if you go into a repertory, it's really fun because if you go in and you look at skin, cicatrices, and then you're going to see a whole bunch of different rubrics so you can become more specific with the symptoms that you may experience or your patient experiences or your child experiences. Like I said, most of the time scars are very acute. So you, you know, feel free to use the graphites and silica to just go ahead and take care of those thick keloids or to help a scar heal up more effectively. And then, like I said, as we go through here, you'll see that a lot of times, sometimes scars just become red or they, they can turn purple or sometimes it just turns into a little nodule, you know, much like a keloid. But if it becomes a nodule, then you can possibly look at fluoric acid, especially if it's in the area of a joint. So that can happen as well. Um, I did put in here skin granulations, proud flesh, because this is a huge issue. And it came up the other day with a child that had a tooth that was that they were going to take the kid in for having to have this tooth pulled. And we don't really stop and think about the fact that proud flesh is kind of a, a form of scarring in the sense that our body, it, it becomes that skin becomes tough, like a scar, like a fibrous scar. And of course, we call it proud flesh or granulations. But um, I, I had, and if, oddly enough, CalCarb 200 wasn't even listed, or CalCarb wasn't even listed here, but that is the remedy that I've always used for children with proud flesh, where their, their navel won't fall off after birth. It just gets really tough, and it just hangs on there, and then it'll bleed. Um, or a tooth comes loose. Their first teeth, their deciduous teeth are loose, but they just don't want to fall out. I'll have the mom go ahead and give them CalCarb 200, and oddly enough, this one child, she's been playing with this tooth for a couple, three months, and it just won't come out, won't come out, won't come out. I told her mom, give her CalCarb 200, and she reports back to me that it actually fell out that very night after she gave her the CalCarb 200 at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So, and I, she goes, coincidence? And I said, there are no coincidences in this world. It's an amazing remedy for that. But also, some nitric acid is a good one, Sabina, Silica, Thuia, all also really good remedies for proud flesh or granulations upon the skin. Then we have any sort of abscesses or superations in the scars. And oddly enough, this happens a lot. Um, it, personally, it's never happened to myself or anyone in my family that I know, but I've had like um, cancer patients or persons who have gone through other sorts of treatments and the scars just don't want to heal. And when they do, they, they open up again, they superate, they ooze. So there's a number of different rubrics here that you can look for remedies to help heal that particular situation, graphites, phytoloca, silica, acetic acid. There's just, there's several here listed for that. Or we have scars that have the after an eruption. So a lot of people are always, they're looking for remedies to help heal their skin after they've had a serious eruption. Or um, again, this can be as simple as like acne or 
other little vesicles. And so remedies that will help with that are anywhere from the antimonium crude to the Cali, Cali Bic, Cali Brom, Cali Iode, Thuya. There's many remedies listed that can help with that type of situation. Now it's totally different than what you're talking like with a keloid because that's a thick rope-like scar. And this is just simply the skin has been scarred due to an eruption and it might it might be dimpled, it just might be red, it might be a different texture. So there's different rubrics that we can look at, different symptoms that we look at to help heal those types of scars. And there's vesicles, like little tiny, tiny little vesicles that can erupt in the scars of a burn. That remedy would be magnesium carbonicum. Or there can be vesicles that itch around old scars. That would be fluoric acid or crawling, a formication or crawling or tingling sensation in scars, phosphorus, or sensitive, or our scars might become really, really sensitive. And there's different remedies that can help with that as well. So skin elasticity, I, I put that in here simply because there can be persons out there who easily develop stretch marks due to sudden growth or weight gain. And I've seen this many, many times in my life and people say, why do I get stretch marks and my sister doesn't? Or why do I get stretch marks and, you know, whatever. And, and oddly enough, I've never really been able to say, you know, because. But oddly enough, if I would have stopped to think about it, now I can say because it's very constitutional. And when I say very constitutional, everybody has a type of skin due to hereditary disposition, right? Um, and obviously, some for some people, oddly enough, they grow really fast or other people don't grow so fast or... There's a million different reasons, you know, like anything in this world. But there are quite a few remedies here that are very helpful to persons who possibly have an inelasticity to their skin. So you can supplement, obviously, I would always supplement with the cell salts, simply because if there's an imbalance anywhere within their system, you know, the cell salts are always going to help with that. And so some of the other remedies, and like I said, if you have the printout here, you can read all of them. I'll just read a few of them. But we have lachesis or lachesis, phosphorus is another one, sepia, silica are all really good remedies to look at, especially as constitutionals that could be helpful for a person who has that tendency to inelasticity of the skin. And so they're the ones that are more prone to stretch marks. Like I said, I only, I only read a handful here, but you can take a closer look at the printable. And then we have persons who have painful scars. And some of the remedies that are helpful for that would be the calfas, the asafoetida again, the crotalus horridus, the fluoric acid, graphite, hypericum. So remember hypericum is always for any sort of nerve pain. The calis, calicarb and calisil, nitric acid, phosphorus, sepia, silica, sulfuric acid, and thuya are just a, to name a few of the ones that are really important for this type of painful scarring. Okay, so I don't want this to get too long. I have a number of remedies that I want to get through here for you. So I'm just gonna kind of skip through them really, really quick. And hopefully you can kind of remember what I'm saying here because it's just really interesting. A lot of these remedies you would never think of for scarring or for the skin. So the first one is asafoetida. I found this one extremely interesting and oddly enough because we always think of this one for sensitivity and bone disorders, but oddly enough, it's a really big one for 
skin and the old scars, they, it, especially at times when the old scars turn purple and ulcerate, or there's a, a foul burrowing pus, so there can be sores within the scarring tissue. And I actually put in here, like I said, the causation. So this is like, this is a remedy that you would often use for ill effects of like suppressed skin eruptions or discharges. This is also really important for neuralgia of the stump after operations, nervous disorders from suppressed skin eruptions, which is really, really important to kind of understand that. And like I said, I, I tried to put um, the causations of when we might use a remedy like this. And I think that the causations are quite important when we're talking about something that's so physical. So a scar is a very physical aspect that's upon the body. And so what are some of the, the effects that mental effects, you know, that can throw something externally like a scar. So I did put those in here and I'm not going to sit and read each one because it will get really long. But at the same time, you can see that this remedy is really good for any kind of suppression when the scars turn purple and ulcerate. Badiaga, I love this one, freshwater sponge. You t I tend to think of this one when the eyeballs are affected, when there's a headache, okay? But at the same time, the scars of the badiaga might tend to be raised and discolored. So they can form the keloid and be discolored. So the badiaga would be a really good remedy for that. Calcara phosphoricum. This remedy, obviously, we know to be really, really important for bones. But it's also really, really important for persons who are growing extremely fast and maybe even their skin can't keep up. And this is allowing them to have scarring, stretch mark scars. Obviously, ill effects of overstudy, grief, disappointed love, scars from amputation may ulcerate. Pimples in the region of joints. So this can be a really important remedy for any type of growth, ill effects of too fast of overgrowth, and then things just aren't healing the way they're supposed to, or keeping up the way they're supposed to. Actually, this is a really good one. We know it for growing pains, but think about the internal organs. If someone is growing really, really fast, and people today, fact is, I was telling my granddaughter the other day, I started laughing, I said, because she's just a little tiny peanut, and I says, well, sweetie, I hope you can make it to at least 5'4". She goes, that would be perfect, Grandma. <laughs> anyway, I says, back in the good old days, it used to be that if you were too tall, you couldn't find clothing to fit. Nowadays, if you're too small, you can't find clothing to fit. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of, it's funny anyway. Um, but Calphos is, is great for any sort of overgrowth. And then, like I said, even the internal organs can't keep up. So think of Calphos because you can have scarring in these internal organs as well, if they're being stretched too quickly. Okay, carcinosin. We don't think about nosodes, for scarring, do we? But this is this can be a family history of cancer. It can be a predisposition to scarring. Vaccination, any of course, every single remedy here has some sort of shock or emotional shock or grief or something like that that can bring on the need for this remedy. Carcinosin is no different. I will say that carcinosin, a predisposition to needing carcinosin, also can leave keloids on the face, acne on the face, back and chest psoriasis and eczema and other issues like that on the skin, wounds are slow to heal. And that can lead to, in and of itself, that can lead to scarring if things are too slow to heal. Okay, causticum, one of my very favorite uh, scarring or wound remedies. These are old burns that do not get well. 
So if you have an old wound that's just not healing the way it should, or old burn, think of causticum. Scars may freshen up and then re re-injure or open up again. So those are just, this is a really good remedy for those types of scars. We have crocus sativa. This is ill effects of blows. The scarring can open and superate. So I say ill effects of blows. So any type of wound that the scar is having a hard time sealing up and becoming nice and smooth due to a blow or an injury like that, then you can think of this remedy. Crolis heridus, we all know this is the timber rattlesnake. Um, the causations or ill effects of fright, alcohol, sun, lightning, um, foul water, insects, noxious effluva, or vaccinations. There's quite a few reasons that this remedy may be needed for any kind of hemorrhage or scarring or wounds. Um, old scars tend to break open again. Old ulcers. There can be bloody sweat, post-vaccination eruptions, gangrene with diarrhea. This is a, a good remedy to think of when the external could possibly be due to, it just looks unhealthy. There can be boils and carbuncles and eruptions around that are surrounded by a purplish mottled skin with edema. It just, like I said, they're just, it doesn't look healthy. It looks like, hey, wait a minute, what are we doing here? Let's, let's think about what this person needs because their skin does not look healthy. So that one is a really good one for just skin that has a, an appearance of ill health. And fluoric acid, oddly enough, for keloids and scars surrounded by pimples, they can become red around the edges as well. Varicose veins, um, there's a lot of venous issues with this remedy. Ulcers on the ankles, there can be some very deep-seated tubercules or ulcers, frequent small boils or carbuncles. This is a very good remedy, especially if the, the scars are near the ends of the bones. And we can think of this remedy as well for things like bed sores, and worse for warmth, varicose veins, like I said. There's, it, again, the skin doesn't look real healthy here or it can become easily broken down and subject to varicose veins and things like that upon the skin. All right, here we are with graphites. I love this remedy. <laughs> Again, ill effects of grief, fear, overlifting surgery. Um, this is a remedy we always think of with that, the honey-colored moisture that can come out of any wound or like a herpes or any sort of eczema. It's that, it's that honey-colored discharge that can be thick and sticky or thin and sticky. But old scars tend to ulcerate, burning pain in old scars. Old scars with indurated, meaning hard, base, and margins with burning. And again, the, the keloid scars, that, that thickening base that we use this remedy for. It's, it's a great remedy to help get rid of those scars. Okay, and hypericum, we can't forget hypericum for any type of pain. It's basically what you, when you're going to think of hypericum. It's St. John's wort. You can use this for painful scars. Wherever there's rich tissues of nerves, this remedy is going to come in handy. There can be a lot of different symptoms. I'm not even going to read them all off here, but there are a lot of different symptoms that you might want to use the hypericum for. But anytime there's pain, always, I always give hypericum alternating with any other remedy. Most of the time when you're treating an actual scar, the complaint is not going to be pain. Most of the time they're just simply going to say, oh, can you help me get rid of this ugly scar? Or 
I can't believe how thick this scar is now. It didn't used to be like this. Or, you know, they're going to have different complaints. Once in a while, they're going to come and say, oh my gosh, this scar has become so sensitive. Or it's always been sensitive ever since I had that stupid surgery and it won't go away. So then you're going to use the Hypericum alternating with whatever other remedy that you decide is the best for to help get rid of that scar. Okay, Iodum. Iodum purpurum is iodine. And this is a really good remedy for itching and pimples in old scar areas or when the scars break open. Again, the skin of the iodum person might have a yellow or withered look. They might have some brown spots on the skin. The skin turns brown and maybe even they even have Addison's disease or something like that. That's the look of a lot of times that you're looking at with a person that needs a remedy, the remedy iodum for their scars. Okay, and I've lumped all the calis together, that cali being potassium, K-A-L-I. I've got calibic, calibrom, calicarb, caliiode, calimer, caliphos, and calisilicate. And I did not differentiate any of them because if, if you're looking at scarring, you can you can look at the Materia Medica yourself on all these different calis because they all have every preparation of potassium something. They're gonna it's gonna have a lot of the same similarities, and yet then it's gonna have you know the, we have the cation and the anion of each remedy. So so it's gonna have the same cation with the cali, and then there's gonna be a little bit of differentiation with the anion, the other half of that remedy. So you can look them up yourself. But all of these remedies have a huge effect on the skin. Potassium is really really huge on the skin. And so I've taken an example from Calibrome because Calibrome is one of the, probably the most known for skin symptoms out of these remedies here. Uh, causations are similar on each of them. Uh, worry, anger, fright, emotional disturbance. They can even develop tics from fright or business or reputation and embarrassment. They're very, these are very bold people, but at the same time, they're very needy persons. But the skin tends to scar after eruptions very easily in the Cali person. Um, they often have many skin issues, acne, even the acne or the pustulars, pus, pustulars, the acne can become bluish red. It can be worse on the face and the chest. Acne of the face, cheeks, and forehead, um, and the pimples tend to leave scars. Scarring can remain after the eruptions. There can be eruption of small boils and successive crops with troublesome itching. There can be larger painful pustules, boils, there can be severia, pityriasis, rose-colored eruptions on the lower limbs. So scars tend to remain after eruptions with the Cali family of remedies. Okay, and Lachesis or Lachesis, the Bushmaster snake. And again, this is a, a very deep-seated, ulcerative, um, injurious remedy. And we think of this remedy a lot for injuries, ulcers, hemorrhage, um, anything on the skin that tends to turn bluish or purplish in appearance. So any scar, any ulcer, any wound, any anything on the skin, if it's turning bluish or purplish, definitely think of this remedy. And I'm not going to go through all of the different issues here, but even like cellulitis, uh, if there's an inflammation, an infection, and that infection isn't just red, but it's starting to go purplish or bluish, think of this remedy. Uh, it can be for scars that redden, hurt, and break open and bleed. Okay, moving on to Leadum. Leadum we know to be the big puncture wound remedy. And it's not real specific for any type of scarring, but any time there's been a puncture wound or there has been a stab wound of any kind, even an insect bite, a lot of times insect bites or stings can actually leave a scar because the body's had a really hard time 
getting up and over whatever happened to it. So whenever there's been a puncture wound of any kind, think of Leadum. Then we have, okay, and this is another remedy that's kind of odd that's in here, but it was listed for a couple of different um, types of scars, and it's Magpul Arctum, which is the north pole of a magnet. And so for any kind of wound or scar that tingles or has stabbing or itching pain, then think of this remedy. Radium bromatum. Uh, this is a remedy that's um, radium bromide, which ill effects of x-rays or radiation burns. So you can have scarring due to radiation burns or x-ray um, issues. And there can be itching all over the body. There can be burning of the skin as if it's on fire. Um, irritable, thick, moist areas of the skin that are worse if they're scratched. And I wished I would have known about this remedy. I have a person in my life that had radiation injury. And if I would have known about this, it would have helped because especially it can be worse on the face and in the genital area. And this would have been a fantastic remedy. Branny scabs. So it's like that granulated branny scabs or scabby on the ears or scleroderma, which is the thickening and hardening of the skin, which is a scar. Um, so this remedy would have really, really helped. This is a remedy that you want to think of for anyone who has had exposure to radiation of any kind. Like I said, it can scar and it can damage the skin tremendously. Okay, and sepia, I love this remedy because it's, I think it's one of the most unused, um, underused remedies out there from the Materia Medica. Like I said, we tend to think of it so often for women, but at the same time, I think I use it just as often for men, especially young, young men who like going through puberty, that, uh, that's when the sepia state will come out very often. Um, a lot of times, because the thing about sepia is they're very fun, fun-loving people. And like I said, it's a very constitutional remedy, very fun-loving people. And they don't have to be in a state of compensation. You know, they don't have to be like, oh, worn out or whatever for this to come out. They, you just might not, you just might notice something comes up during puberty or during those hormonal changes when they can go into a sepia state. But, and that's when you're going to notice it. Otherwise, before that, they're just these fun-loving little kids that you just, you don't even think about the fact that they, they might need a dose of sepia. So anyway, this remedy um, has a lot of skin issues, a lot of skin issues. And like, very much like phosphorus, uh, the, the skin can be very, very delicate. And so when you scratch the skin, it can turn red. Because we always think of phosphorus for persons that when you scratch the skin, it turns red. But that can also be, like I said, a sepia thing. Their skin is very delicate and scars easily from any cause, especially even like stretch marks. They can, they can scar very easily for that. Their internal organs can scar if they grow too quickly. Um, they have, tend to have boils in the axilla area or in just delicate skin. And so I threw this one in here. It's, it's huge. It's, it's listed in many, many of the rubrics that we pulled. The skin tends to be pinkish, like I said, after scratching. And if they, you have, like you, you push on the skin or you have uh, a duration where the, the skin has pressure on it for a long period of time, it might turn a little bit purplish. So they can have some discoloration, very much like like the lachesis or lachesis, but it's different. This isn't a sickly, this is more of a constitutional. Okay, and then silica, again, I just alternate this with for any type of scar, but there are specifics here. Keloids are one of the specifics, scars that become painful, and old scars that tend to abscess or ulcerate. Think of silica. And then we have sulfuric acid. Um, ill effects of the burns, again, mechanical injuries. Anytime you have a scar that's due to mechanical injuries, falls or bruises, think of this remedy. The scars can turn red and blue or become painful. 
And um, like I said, anytime there's a mechanical injury, think of sulfuric acid. I will say that causticum, I remember too, is also from mechanical injuries as well, that all symptoms can become worse due to mechanical injury. Okay, and last one we're gonna talk about here today, like I said, we could keep going. Oh my goodness, we could keep going. But it's really fun. Just pick up a, pick up a repertory and just look up skin and cicatrices and just study some of the different symptoms of scarring. It's very, very interesting. Um, thuya, the causation, again, causation, we know thuya to be vaccine injury, um, but it can also be a remedy for mercury or sulfur or sunstroke or excess, excessive tea, coffee, beer, tobacco, sweets, fat, meat, or onions, right? Okay, that's all of us. We're all looking at thuya. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, skin is very sensitive to touch. Um, if you know anything at all about a thuya constitution, they're the most sensitive people. Oh my goodness, the most sensitive, most, um, I would say, I think most creative and sensitive people um, that I've, I've ever met. But the nails in a sepia, in a thuya state, even I put in here, and it's, this is a form of scar where the nails are crippled, brittle, and soft. So that is one of the causations of the rem this remedy being needed is that the nails are tremendously affected. So I, I threw that in there as well, but there's, I have a lot more information than what I'm just saying here. But there is so much that a scar tells us about the health of a person or the constitution of a person or where they've been or where they're going. And so we just don't even think about scars like we should. But I will say too, that when I was doing, taking my muscle, testing from Dr. Hmm, Bob Springlab, I think is this his name. And so I went to take my training and one of the things I was, and this is when I really found out how serious scars really can be in our life, but I was, they were training us how to do his style of muscle training. And I says to one of the instructors, I said, okay, I just tested this lady 10 minutes ago. And I said, and, and, you know, I was testing her field, her energy field. And then I went back and I was trying to test it again later with a different exercise. And I says, I cannot find her energy field. And she looks at me, the instructor looks at me and says, do you have a scar? And I says, well, yeah. <laughs> and she said, and I told her I had a couple of C-sections. She goes, okay. She goes, I want you to take, she gave me some CBD oil and a red light. And I, I don't know how many of you are familiar with an infrared light. I just happen to have, I have a pen light that I use for treatments, but, and that's exactly what they gave me that day. But there's many, many forms of infrared treatments that you can, you can get. She handed me some CBD oil. She said, rub it on your scar and then do a 45 second treatment along that C-section scar and then come back and we'll see how you're doing. So I did that. I went to the bathroom and I did what she told me to do and I came back and then I went to test that same gal again. Bam. I was just fine. I was able to test her energy field and went on to test her with different things. And I said, okay, why, why did that work? She says, because if you have a large scar, it doesn't even have to be super large, but it's usually kind of a, a deep scar, or, you know, just simply surface scars probably aren't going to affect us. But if you have a scar that was very intrusive, then it, what happens is, is our energy circulates through our body and it's affecting all systems of the body. When it gets to a scar, if that scar is thick and tenacious, or it has like a keloid scar or something that's deeper that you can't really see that can act as a speed bump to our energy in our body and so I was able to test her and then all my energy hung up on that scar and then after I was able to treat it with the red the infrared light then it was good again so I came home and I continued to test 
or treat myself with the infrared light for quite a period of time. And I haven't noticed that I have any hangups anymore. With that scar, it didn't really change the appearance of the scar for me. But at the same time, you know, I know I had some healing because I haven't had a problem testing people now. But that's just a really good example of what scars can do for us. And Dr. Bob said that a lot of times he says people will actually, you know, then fits and starts. He says they have energy, then they're tired. Energy and tired. And that is a perfect example that's of how the energy can get hung up on those scars. And it's not really super noticeable to the external world, but they can feel it. They feel tired or they feel, you know, lethargic versus energy on the go. And I said, oh, that fits my personality perfectly, but I thought it was just me. <laughs> but anyway, it does have an effect on us. And so if we can treat our scars, if we can use homeopathy, and if we can use infrared light, I wished I had a link on my website to help you find a really good infrared light. I will tell you it doesn't have to be super expensive. As long as it says it's infrared, um, then it's going to be helpful to healing because it actually, you, we all need infrared light to, you know, that's, that's like the healing rays from the sun. And so if you can use that on your skin and you just use it for a period of time, like, like I said, a 45 second treatment on that scar at a time was sufficient. And I just did that several times a day for at first. And then I tried to remember to do it every evening before I went to bed and then so on and so forth. I also use infrared, um, just the pen light on areas of my body that like if I have an injury or something that just kind of aches, I'll use it there. And it's amazing how quickly it really does help the body to heal because that's what infrared light does is it, it penetrates the skin and it helps to heal. It stimulates the ATP in the body and helps that helps us to heal. So, all right, with that, I know this podcast got a little bit long, but this was a really interesting subject for me and I enjoyed doing it. So I hope you enjoyed listening. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. I really appreciate you being here and, and supporting homeopathy for mommies and everything that we are trying to do, trying to get that information out there to everyone so that people can become more self-sufficient in the sense that they can at least think through a process of what might need to be done in their family to get some health back or to at least, even if you can't do it yourself, at least you know that there are options. That's, you know, the big kicker because a lot of people say, oh, should I just get a homeopath or what should I do? And I'll say, if you don't feel confident in trying to use acute remedies for yourself and your family, get a homeopath and they'll help you. But at least you know you have this option. At least like today, we talked about infrared lights. I mean, we, we talk about herbs and different things like that. And I don't do it so that you become a scholar in that area because I'm not even a scholar. But at least I know I can do the research in that area and see if I can come up with something for myself or my family that's going to help. And so to me, that's huge. I feel empowered. I feel like I can help my family. And if you know that there are options, you know, to going in under the knife or getting on medications or whatever, then, then I feel like I've done my job. I feel like I'm fulfilling what God wants me to do because I, I just feel like everyone should know about the options. I can't believe I grew up, I was like 30 years old before I knew there was another option besides pharmaceutical drugs. And I was actually kind of mad that I didn't know that there were options, you know, out there. But anyway, um, we can't feel guilty for what we don't know, right? So share all this information with your friends and family. And if they're not interested, that's fine. Just print off the printables, all, all my members, they're trying to keep notebooks and things like this so that we can pass it on to our families and um, download it, you know, do what you can, just share, 
that's all we can do, right? All right. Thanks, everyone. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com. Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.